0: Welcome to That Mom Life. I'm Sarah Jordan, and I'm so excited today. I think this may be a first for me. I am joined by a fellow coworker and a former co-host of mine, Mo Rose, who is now a TV meteorologist. Mo, I'm so
1: happy you're here. (laughs) I'm so happy to be with you again, even though there are many, many miles between us it still feels like you're right on the other side of the board uh, doing a show with me. So I I definitely miss that. And I'm feeling very blessed to be here right now.
0: This is exciting for me because this is going to sound like a podcast, but really it's just an excuse for me to catch up with Mo and share the awesomeness that is Mo. <laughs> and you and I work together in radio. I'm trying to think, when did you first come down to Louisville to take the job?
1: I think it was... 2010. I moved here in, in 2010, I believe. And then, um, and I started, I actually got the job as a um, so working in promotions. Um, Aaron Miller, who used to be on 102.3 The Max way back in the day, he was, I believe, the promotions director. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. I, I can't remember yep. if that was his title. But Aaron is the one who brought me in for an interview. And I remember coming in and I was on the second floor and um, uh, right when I, I like signed in, cause you got to sign in and um, I hear like, it sounds like a bunch of elephants running down the stairs in the background. I'm like, what is that sound? And coming straight out of the, of the hallway or, or the stairwell is a man dressed in a, um, just this wild purple miniskirt and like dress, uh, and like off the shoulder dress and this wig and some terrible makeup, um, and a microphone. And then there's just like this, this real pretty skinny blonde following him around and they're laughing and they just like run right by me and I'm like, what? What is happening here? And, and that was like that was the first time I had ever seen Ben and Ben and Kelly. And Ben was the one obviously dressed as the, as I think he was he was dressed up as Katy Perry, and he was going to go film a video out on Fourth Street. But like it was just another day for them. And that was like the the first impression that I got when I when I interviewed there and I was like, I really hope I get this job because I want to be a part of this circus act right there. And, um, it eventually, like as soon as I got hired on, they needed a traffic reporter, which is what I was doing in Chicago. And I just moved from Chicago. So it was like the perfect fit. And then I got to join the Ben and Kelly show. And then, from there, I've just kind of bounced around um at the company, and eventually we did a show Sarah and I we did a, a show together and um we just all over the place, did all sorts of different formats and truthfully, working in radio, it was at that point like just the best time in my life. It was such a a great experience
0: It's super fun, and I mean that's one of those things that like you can't. Knock the fact that we are, (laughs) we're a wild little bunch. Mm -hmm. Um, but we certainly have a good time. I forget how strange it must be to come into our building sometime when you see how kind of crazy it is. Like you could see a leprechaun. You could see an Easter bunny. You could see Ben dressed as Katy Perry. Um you could see people dressed up as Cupid and adult diapers. Like there's very strange things that occur in our building. At the same time, you may walk in and literally run into Katy Perry or run into a U of L basketball player. Like all of these things are somewhat normal. Um And that's something that I, I do think, regardless of what the building itself looks like, that's one of those things that like, if people assume that's what the hallways are like at the radio station, that's actually pretty true (laughs) In in the sense that it is weird. It is mayhem and there's always something going on. And I remember when you first started, I swear, I think I almost remember what you were wearing. You, you were wearing like your knee high boots, but they were flat. They were your brown boots. And you had the cutest little dress on. And I want to say it was like this yellow and
1: green. Yep. Yep. I know exactly what that dress is. I still have it. I fight my mother for it all the time. Like whenever I go to visit or she'll come visit, she'll try and take it. And I'm like, all right, but I want it back next month. I still wear that dress. I love that dress.
0: I I know exactly the dress you're talking about because that's the what like I remember meeting you in and I was like she is so awesome and in radio yes anybody everybody is your competition but like some women are more competitive than others but when you walked in I was just like I need to be friends with her <laughs> it was like you're were, you were one of the cool kids you just had this energy about you that like you were you are so unapologetically you like you're not trying to be something else. You have a lower voice,
1: which is something that is um... <laughs> where Mosif comes around. <laughs> I always felt like maybe, maybe the men that we worked with in our, in our company were a little jealous of my deep voice and they referred to me as Mosif and whatever. That's fine.
0: <laughs> but you know, but again, like a lot of other people have higher pitched voices
1: because you even came from rock radio, didn't you? Um <laughs> For for a time, I started in rock and alternative uh, and then eventually switched over to straight traffic reporting, which, you know, I my passion is music, but I'll take a job where I can get it. <laughs> yes. <Yep. laughs> so
0: you and I started working together. You're right. We worked on... We worked... Oh my God. You and I did work on a lot of different stations together. Yeah. We worked on DJX together. Then we both cool, worked on the bass yeah. together. Mm -hmm, Then we flipped to Jack together. Mm -hmm, That's weird when I rewind to that. So let's rewind a little bit further. Where are you from? Uh,
1: I am from the south side of Chicago. Born and raised? Born and raised, yeah. um, Off of 110th and Western Avenue. Um, It is the far south side. Still in the city. Um, if anyone is familiar with the Southside Irish Parade, which is like the biggest drunk fest um, on, in the country, uh, and it's usually that Sunday before St. Patrick's Day, uh, I live right off of the parade route. And um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a crazy, crazy time. They actually had to cancel it for a couple of years in a row because there was way too many drunk and disorderly um, arrests, which I totally understand. People really just need to. <laughs> they need to, I don't know, keep it, uh, keep it a little bit more civil. I understand, you know, a little too many uh, green jello shots will do that to you, but, but yeah. So, South Side of Chicago, born and raised. Then I came down here a little over ten years ago um, to uh, when my husband, then boyfriend. Um, started opening up those Jimmy John's franchises around. And uh, that's when I got my job at the Ben and Kelly show and then hung out with you for like seven more years. It was great.
0: (laughs) So what made you get into media in general? Well, I
1: actually went to college at U of I in Champaign-Urbana. And I went to school and I graduated with a journalism, a broadcast journalism degree, because I was originally wanted to be um, like a news anchor and a news reporter. And um, I graduated with that. And so, crazy story um, when they tell you to make copies of your resume tape, now granted, this is back in 2004. I'm old. All right, so we're going back here. Back in 2004, not everything was digital. So, when they say make copies of your resume tape as soon as you graduate, because as soon as you graduate, Or at the end of the year, we're going to wipe everything clean, like all the tapes, all of your information is gone because the next class is going to come in and they're going to need to record and use all of this equipment. Again, nothing was digital at that point. And so I'm like, all right, cool, I'll do that. So I I did. I, I made like four or five resume tapes. And then right after I graduated, my house burned down in college. Yeah, like my college house burned with everything in it, including all of my resume tapes. And so, of course, I go back to my teachers, and I was like, hey, I remember when you said make lots of copies, and I did. But, I mean, you don't say to keep not to keep them all in one place in case your house burns down, and then you have nothing to show for your four and a half, maybe five years in college. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, they, uh, they deleted everything. So I had nothing. I had nothing. I had nothing to send out to any – TV stations. I mean, like all I had was a degree was a piece of paper that said I did the work, but nothing to actually show them, which is exactly what you need. If you want to ever get a job in television or in radio, you need like a demo reel or a demo tape, which I guess tape is kind of, um, is an obsolete word. Most people don't even know what a tape is anymore, but yeah, so at that point, I was working at a radio station um, as um, one of their entertainment reporters, and we were, I, I, honestly, I was just doing it for fun and for the perks, and because the radio station threw kick-ass tailgates for the football games, and it was so much fun, so I'm like, I want to hang out with these people, and it was just like a, a fun like internship side job. But after I graduated, I had nothing to show for anything. So I talked to my news, the news director at the radio station, and I said, what do you think I should do? Should I, like, make a radio demo? Honestly, I never, ever guessed I would go into radio. But she's like, yeah, let's get you something put together because you need something because you graduated and you're going to want to have some sort of a career someday. So I put my tape together um, with the help of – um, my news director, who is actually now a traffic reporter on WGN in Chicago,
0: um, so
1: shout out to Sarah Jindra. and um, I sent it out to one of the uh, local radio stations and they hired me right away and I was actually kind of shocked my really? grill you guys you guys want me to like do radio? okay, cool. So they showed me the the ropes and I started at the local radio station in Champaign, Illinois. And then um, I stayed there for six or seven months and then eventually after after about a year I had to move back up to Chicago because my lease on the um, house that I had to move into after the house, other house burned down that ended up uh, that lease was up so I had to go back to Chicago and it took me a while to get a job in Chicago but eventually um, I was able to get a job on a radio station called 9fM and I stayed there for a couple of years before they flipped formats, and then when they did, um, every, you know, everyone lost their job. And and obviously, like if you know, if anyone's listening and was been in radio, you know that that is happens very often in radio. Like, mm. It's very easy to lose your job, and it's you know nothing against what you do and your performance. It's just the way things go. Um, it's just and your then number. I switched over- yeah, exactly. So I switched um, from there. I was able to get a job as a traffic reporter in downtown Chicago for several of the radio stations and actually across the whole country. I did traffic for um, Houston, Omaha, Nebraska, where, like, the biggest thing that happened was a buggy, a horse and buggy flipped over. Oh, it was a banner day for that, man. <laughs> a, a whole road was almost blocked with a horse and buggy. Um but yeah, so I switched to traffic reporting and then eventually made my way into, um, back back to down to Louisville and got a job with uh, you guys.
0: So when did on. Adam come into the picture?
1: Oh, Adam came into the picture the end of my senior year or the, yeah, was it the end of my senior year? And then we were together. For our super senior year, <laughs> and for those who don't know, that means when you don't want to leave after four years, you stay in, stay for an extra semester or two. And that, I like that you call it. It's your super senior super year. Senior. <laughs> so I guess we met in our super senior year, and he lived around the corner. But it, t- it turned out wildly enough that my my roommate and like best friend was also his best friend, and I worked with his roommates and my roommates were friends with his room. It's just the fact that it took us a whole four years of being within pretty much in the same circle of friends to actually meet was kind of interesting. But, um, but we finally did and we got married in 2011 and we just had our nine year anniversary a couple of weeks ago. And can I say
0: that your wedding is one of the most fun weddings I've ever been to? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a good time, from what I remember, and I don't remember much. <laughs> I will say this: if
0: you want a good time, call Mo and Adam. Like, <laughs>
1: we we'll a good time. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, we had. Uh, there was a lot of booze. There's a lot of. Well, parties. it wasn't
0: just that. You guys went back to Chicago. I mean, you you guys were both from Chicago. Your families are in Chicago. So yes, you've been in Louisville for 10 years, but I mean, like, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong. Chicago still very much to me is your home in the sense that that's where you return to for the weekends. That's where you go back to see your family. That's Mm -hmm. where you went back and you had an entire wedding weekend full of Chicago themed wedding
1: festivities. (laughs) It was, it was a grand time. That's for sure. And yes, and I, I still do call it home and I, I wonder sometimes, like, will I ever stop calling it home? You know, it's my my mother. I still have my bedroom is like still set up the way I left it, and we, whenever I go home, that's where we sleep. And uh, my brother and sister have since moved out, but the kids, like my Pierce and Daphne, they take over like both of their bedrooms. So, I mean, goodness, I hope my mother never leaves our family house; otherwise, we're in trouble. Where will we stay? <laughs> we're so spoiled. But yeah, I do I do love it there. But I will say, since moving to Louisville, it is um I feel more and more comfortable in the city. I feel more at home here. And whether it's the climate, it's nicer. The food is just amazing. The people are nicer. I think that again also has to do with the climate, because it's about twenty degrees warmer here in the winter. And you know what? Do you, do you really think
0: people. people around here are nicer?
1: I, I think so. Yeah. I, I think it has to do with, it's a slower pace. It's also, um, it's warmer. It is definitely warmer down in Louisville. We are 300 miles apart from Chicago and, you know, four and a half hour drive, but there is a difference in climate and it's, it ends up being like 10 to 20 degrees warmer here in the winter. And there's something about, Oh, and less windy. I mean, Chicago, it's like, if it's, it's not cold. It's the wind, the biting wind that will just, just tear you apart bit by bit. Your soul is just broken after walking out just to the car from your house. And it's just, it, it's not nice. And I don't know how I made it through so many Chicago winters because When I live in, you know, living in Louisville, I feel like our winters are so mild in comparison. And on days where it's like, we're still in, like we might drop to like single digits once or twice during the winter. And I just think like, man, single digits during the winter here in Louisville is like a walk in the park in Chicago. So I'm, I'm okay not going back.
0: (laughs) You know, I have noticed you were never one that had like a giant winter coat. Because down here, it's so much more mild for you. You don't think it's that cold.
1: <laughs> I know. This, this, is, this isn't winter coat weather. This is bikini weather. I'll throw on a cover up and that's about it. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it, it's definitely different. But I am becoming, I feel like in my older age, I am becoming more sensitive to the cold. I'm, I'm spoiled by the Louisville winters.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, our Louisville winters are, I mean, I think it, it, what snowed, I mean, you would know this, you're a local meteorologist. It may be snowed twice last winter in the Metro and not even that much. I think my kids the one day went sledding with a dusting, like, <laughs> and that was just more of the effort of, they had a hill, but there, and I was like, this is sad. There's like a, a centimeter of snow and they're doing snow angels on the ground.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got take what you can get when you can get it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I, I do remember I was uh, taking a little video when we started seeing some snow, and it was on a day where we did not expect much. We thought maybe some flurries, and it just kept going. There was just whatever. There was just a lot of moisture in the air, and man, like it, we might have gotten maybe an inch, and I was like, okay, that's enough. And I think that was really all we got. I mean, it was gone by the afternoon. And I was like, okay, thank goodness. That's that's it. That's all we need. <laughs> and what exactly this was Christmas like in the 70s this year? My mixing It was Christmas so warm. warm. Yeah.
0: And while I've been here my entire life that I can remember since I was 3, I'm from, I'm technically was born in Cleveland. So all my family's in Cleveland, they live right on Lake Erie. So they're always like sending us all these pictures of all their lake effects, snow and everything. And I <laughs> love the winter. I'm like, can I please get some snow every year? I buy my kids like snow boots and snowsuits. And I'm like, they've never
1: been born. Yeah. And those things are expensive, but like you have to buy them just in case. And guess what? Your kids are going to keep on growing too. So there goes 50 bucks here and 50 bucks there. And they never got worn, man.
0: So Adam came down here for, cause he took a position or you guys decided to get involved with Jimmy
1: Johns, right? That's right. So his college buddy, um, basically after he graduated was like, uh, well his, his dad pretty much told him you better do something. I didn't just send you on a five year vacation, you know, at the university of Illinois. So they came up with a business plan and, a few of them got together and they moved down to Louisville. They actually went to check out the um, check out the market, Louisville. Um, and Adam was like, "Well, I'll, I'll check it out too." And it was like a derby, and he basically like went to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, and I believe Barbaro was the one that won yet that year. And oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and that was the year they said, "You know what? This city is great." And one of the other markets they were looking at, I think, was. Portland might've been Portland or maybe Portland, Oregon, or I can't remember somewhere in Oregon. And, um, and they decided you want to know what Louisville's closer. Let's do Louisville. And, and they loved it. I mean, like they stayed for the Derby and they're never left. And that was when they started um, finding locations and they've built quite a little empire for themselves, at least in the Louisville market. I think we've got 11 stores and, uh yeah, yeah. Well, I can remember at a, over a decade.
0: I can remember a time when um I went to school up at i u and they had Jimmy Johns, and there was no such thing as Jimmy Johns down at home in Louisville, and I remember when we first got him, I thought we were so fancy, so <laughs> thank you to Adam and his friends for making us feel fancy with some Jimmy Johns. No one knew what a turkey Tom was in Louisville. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so probably. you and Adam moved to Louisville. You get involved with media. You've been here. Well, now about 10 years, you guys have been married nine. I'm glad you were at my wedding and I was at yours. That's the thing. Like when I started this, you and I were not just coworkers, but we were also friends. I know there's been certain parties and birthday parties. Heck, you made Brian's groom's cake for my wedding. Oh, like- my gosh, I
1: remember that. Was it the family guy cake? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. that was Which on the
0: lesson. day of my wedding, the fifth tier, which this sounds so bougie and I don't mean it that way. My fifth tier fell off and I'm sitting at the head table and the baker comes over to me and she's like, um, I didn't want to freak you out, but you're missing an entire tier of your cake. Um, I fixed it. No one can tell, but we may not have enough cake. And I was like, it's all good. I've got the groom's cake. So we ended up because of your cake, having enough cake for the entire wedding and toasted everything. And so thank you.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. Always, always love to bake for a friend. So uh, yeah, next big party, next, next celebration. You just let me know what I'm making. I'll be there.
0: Um, Well, actually, that's been one of your hobbies. You're not just like a low key baker. Like how did you learn how to bake the way that you do? You make some professional things.
1: Wait, you used to own your own baking business, didn't you? I did. I did. So there was a time, this was right after, this was like 2008, like the everything market crashed, everything, you know, it was just, ugh, you. I mean, you were probably too young to even remember that. But um, yeah, everyone, that was when I got laid off and I couldn't find a job. I was having a lot of trouble um, finding work and, I I was this what what year was this This was 2008 like the big oh market crash like the
0: oh the, don't the, worry uh, I started. remember 2008 I was already working for the radio station and we went through massive layoffs at the time and technically I lost my job from one of the stations in our building and had to go audition and like get rehired at
1: DJX And you want to know what I feel like I remember this because at the at that point I had been looking into Louisville job like jobs in Louisville, and there was a, a gentleman who used to work at the rock station, and his name was Skinny Jay. And oh, I love Skinny Jay, Skinny Jay. And I emailed him, and I was like, "Hey, listen, I'm thinking about moving down to Louisville. Are there any job openings there?" And he's like, "Actually, we do. We don't really have." He had said, we may have some openings and I'd love to have a girl on our rock station. So send me your stuff. And I did. And then he said, um, reach out to me in a couple of weeks and we'll see if we can't get you down here for an interview. And this is when I was working at 9FM and Adam had already moved down to Louisville. And at this point, I remember like the day I got laid off, was it was like on a Friday. And then I emailed him and I said, hey, listen, any chance we could speed up this process and it, I sent the same day that I got laid off. That was when the big layoffs came over at, um, at the radio stations at your radio stations. And he's like, I got some bad news. I just lost my job this morning. In fact, we're flipping formats. We don't even have that station anymore. And I was like, Oh man. So, I mean the entire, the entire country was getting laid off. And that was at that point, it was a pretty low moment. And, when I'm sad or when I'm feeling any type of emotion, I get myself in the kitchen. I, get, I start baking. That just calms me down. And I was still, I was, had to move back home. And my mom said, you know what? You should probably just go to school for this. I mean, why not? Because at this point, like, you're spending all this time doing it. You may just learn something. And so I'm like, okay. So I ended up going back to school. For pastry, pastry arts, and got a uh, got a pastry degree from one of the colleges in downtown Chicago. And halfway through, I ended up getting another job, which was fine. But um, because of that, I learned how to make kick-ass wedding cakes, in which is, I mean, a celebration cakes, pretty much anything. And honestly, at this point, I look back like, had I had known that YouTube and Pinterest were going to be a thing, I probably could have saved myself a whole lot of money and not gone to school because. I mean, you can learn everything that I know off of Pinterest and YouTube.
0: Listen, you (laughs) and I grew up without YouTube and Pinterest and we planned weddings without YouTube and Pinterest. So
1: yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, like it all, it all worked out, but that is why I do have, um, a baking background because I went back Mm. to school for it. And then I went back to school for meteorology. (laughs) I love how all over the...
0: (laughs) baking to meteorology. This is why I love you. And I do miss your baked goods great, greatly. You make some of the best cakes. Obviously, I had them at my own wedding because I love them so much, but also your little Christmas treats. Oh.
1: It's so much
0: fun. I miss you so much. Mo is one of my favorite people. You should. Everyone just should know that ahead of time that like it deep down inside my soul, it like it hurts me just a tiny bit that I don't get to see you every single day because you were so used to my. You were just in my daily life all the time. But I'm so thankful for you because we're still friends, even though really we're we're in sister industries. You're in TV. I'm in radio. We're down the street from one another and Mm -hmm. share. of the same friends, which is great. And I'm so glad that you're here in Louisville and Adam, your husband is wonderful. And you actually, you bring up Barbaro and Churchill Downs and you two are very much into horse racing and not just like the way I am. And, and the fact, that I like to wear a hat and fascinator and I love derby season.
1: Like, aren't you guys part owners in some horses? Yeah, we have. Uh, we have quite a few right now. Adam. Oh, that's not Adam. It's the dog. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I saw someone move behind me. I thought it was Adam, but it turns out it's Alfie. He's just as cute, if not cuter, though. Um, so yeah, we do have several. I think maybe seven now. With a, seven? Yeah, I think seven. I'd have to count. But um, one of them, we were real excited about. It was this. It was the half sister to um, the who was the favorite at Oaks this year. And then she ended up losing to she dares the devil. Oh, Swiss skydiver. So we have um, a horse that was shared like, I think the same mother. Um, but either way, we've got, we've got a bunch of them and it's just through a partnership called brilliant racing. And it's wonderful. It was really neat. You just buy into the company and, um, and then with a bunch of other people, and then they pool that money and then they buy a bunch of horses and then those horses run. And the plan is that they win <laughs> and they make money so that they can support themselves. And, you know, knock on wood, we've been very successful with our horses. Um, one of them actually won the Indiana Derby last year. Um, yeah, Yay! yeah, but the bad thing is, a guy he got disqualified because he decided to do it without his jockey, which is frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> he knocked the jockey off right at the front of the race, and the reason why you have a jockey is because it's going. Your jockey is on the horse to guide it, because if you have a horse running down, you know, down the field with fifteen other horses. This horse is going to get in the other horse's way, and you know, they're going to get trampled. Someone's going to break something. Someone's going to die. So, that is why you have a jockey and the horse. But our horse, his name is Kenny, um, or his real name is Eskin for it. He loves to race and he knows what he needs to do when it's time to jump out of the gate. Um, and so, it was an accident. He, he fell right out of the gate and the jackie fell off, but Kenny jumped right back up. And we thought like, oh my gosh, he's dead. Like he's, this is over. Like, oh my gosh, all this money that we put into him. Like he's, it's over. His life is over. Like he's probably going to get trampled. No, he got up and he ran the rest of, of the field. He ran the entire race. He wove in and out of every horse. And we've got a picture and it's on my Facebook page. And we've got this framed of Kenny passing the winning horse, like without a jockey. And we've got the, the jockey is just looking over at Kenny racing past him like, what is this? And so he ended up winning. Like he ran faster than every horse. And usually like if, if the horse loses its jockey, the horse just kind of like runs off to the side and it's like, I'm going to go, go get something to eat. But no, Kenny just like, I'm, I'm running and I'm going to win this thing. And he did. He passed every horse, including the first, the, the horse that was in first place. Um, but he did not get the $500,000. Again, you got to have the jockey if you're going to cross. You
0: need that final piece. Otherwise
1: you're just an animal just running amok. Details. Details, But that doesn't happen very often. So I mean, like he went, he went viral for, for a hot minute. We we're very proud of him. And he was damn proud of himself. When he got back to the barn, he got all the peppermints. He thought he was just, just like <laughs> Mr. Big Pine. He thought he won. Like you could tell. You know what? He knew he won. Now that you say that, I remember seeing that video and
0: it's probably because you posted it, but I feel like I remember even like possibly blogging about it because it was such a viral story. Like you go, baby go. He was that guy.
1: <laughs> so yeah, he's still doing very well for us. Um, and he's been keeping his jockey on his back. So, so we're, we're that's happy good. with that. But, um, so yeah, that's how we got into the, into horse racing. Adam loves it. The kids love the horses. And, it's been tough because of the pandemic, like we're not allowed on the backside anymore. Um, And then if you do have a horse racing, it's very, very slim chances that you're able to actually be there in person. So that's been kind of tough, but um, we know once the pandemic is past us, you know, we'll be able to be back out there with the horses. And so that's, that's exciting news.
0: So you just mentioned, you've mentioned Pierce and Daphne and now Pierce and Daphne are your
1: son and daughter. And how old are they now? Okay, so Pierce is six. He just turned six in May, and Daphne is two. She turned two in February.
0: And th- tell me about your road to becoming mommy. Like when you and Adam had Pierce six years ago, and I rem- I, I remember you and you were pregnant with both. I worked with you during both of these times.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first the first time was oh, here's the thing because I remember. Let's see. You were super pregnant with camp, I thought. Twenty thirteen, pregnant. I can't remember because I remember I was I, I took a quick break in radio and went to TV. Um, I worked at a an ABC station in Southern Illinois, um, just for about a year and a half, two years, and I had gotten pregnant near the end of the contract. And when the contract expires, they decide are they going to keep you? Are they going to, you know, say sayonara? And uh, they knew I was pregnant, and they just kind of figured, all right, well, you are uh, you are 200 miles away from your husband, and you're pregnant. You're probably not going to be sticking around. And I'm like, you know what? No, nah, I'm probably going to go home. This is this has been fun, but um, I did move back, and that's how I ended up back at the st- at the radio station. So, man, I've been. I've been there and back a couple of times. I kind of forgot about that two-year stint where I disappeared. But that's when I had da- uh, Pierce. And then after Pierce, I started working back at, I think it was at 102.3, the max at that time. And then um, we flipped over to Jack yep. FM. And then I got pregnant with Daphne. Yep. And, yeah, now there's two kids, um, and they're, they're still breathing. So I feel like a mommy success. Really, at the end of the day, we just want them to still be alive, and they are. So that's better. that's great. <laughs> First step complete. You had to one up me was, with having a third. I get it, though. I mean, listen, it's freaking baby, she was so surprised. She
0: just wanted to be here.
1: <laughs> I, get I get it. How was the
0: how was how has the transition to being a mom been for you?
1: Well, it was it was tough. I mean, it was. When, uh, I mean, for, in all honesty, the first one was a big surprise. I mean, I know how it happens, but I didn't, I did not realize that it was going to happen. And I was very, I was in denial for, I think, most of that pregnancy. And this, my heart wasn't in it, you know, but, you know, it's, I was at that point, I was like, okay, well, I'm. 30. I think I was 30. Like, there's no going back now. You know, like I'm 30. This is what you do when you're 30. You have a baby, just do it. And you want to know what, like it was, um, everything was like first for me. And it was, uh, it was seriously an easy pregnancy, but I was such a, Oh, woe is me. I mean, I was, I was such a, a basket case. And honestly, there are so many women who have it so much harder And so I I definitely regret being such a having such a bad attitude about it first time around. And then the second time around was a little more planned. Like I knew what was going to happen. And again, super easy pregnancy. um, And I really enjoyed it the second time around. Like I allowed myself to be happier about it. And my gosh, I don't know if there's a difference between girls and boys when you know you have a baby but I have been I was such a snuggler or Daphne's been such a snuggler and I don't know if you notice a difference between your son and daughters but like it's it was a different experience from the start she's been really sweet and um and I feel like I've really taken to the whole motherhood the second time around
0: I was going to actually say that being, being around you throughout both pregnancies. And um, when you left the station just after Daphne was born. um, But I remember there was a change in you when you got pregnant with Daphne. Um, And then when you had Daphne and I felt like when you switched to have being a mom of two, you were a completely different mom altogether. And you you're a wonderful mother and you are a wonderful mother to Pierce but i definitely did notice like a shift um in you after daphne and as far as boys versus girls i think boys versus girls do everything differently as far as like they play differently they're kid- entertained by different things um one's more sassy one's more rambunctious i mean one can be Kennedy is definitely my little cuddler and not that camp. He does want to cuddle, but he always just want to go to go do something. He's getting into something. Yeah. Um, so I mean, Same here. Pierce so has been like that. Yes. It, it's crazy once you have two, but I mean, I, I don't think a lot of people like warn you properly about how much your world is going to shift after you have a kid. Um, in the fact that every single thing you do changes, and now you are responsible for another life 24-7 for the rest of time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, not that anyone can really prepare you until you're in it, but to at least be like, hey, guess what? This is going to be really hard. And it's going to be really hard to even come to terms with, oh, hey, this is happening. I mean, I remember with baby three, and again, I ne- I don't talk about this very often because I don't... I. <sighs> I know so many people that want more than anything to have children and they're struggling. So I don't want to seem that way. I was in denial about my third for a long time and I didn't really get excited until I think I was about halfway through because I was just like, Oh my gosh, what is happening in my body again? And where it's the other two, I was trying, we were, we, we were wanting, trying for it to happen. And Maggie was our gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was, that was, and then I felt guilty for feeling that feeling.
1: And I think that's because there are so many people out there that do want, that do want kids and and, and and I hate that they can't have it. Cause it's like, you know, I, I come from a very fertile family. And if you tell me, if you're telling me like, Hey, Mo, um, we're going to need you to get pregnant. Like, within the next six months, like I could probably just go and get pregnant like in five minutes. And I wish I could go and take that ability and give that, like, I'd be happy to say, Hey, I can't have kids anymore. I would rather give that to someone who needs that because my gosh, like it's great, you know, but I I, I would, there's so many people out there that want it so much more. And it sucks. It sucks that that, like there's, there's people out there that are just having babies to have babies. And they're like, well, Uh, you know, like not really thinking it through and they, you know, they're just like super fertile and it's like, well, whatever. And there's, you know, poor women out there that would give anything for that experience. And it breaks my heart. It really does.
0: Yes, it's it's crazy, and then now we're all well. You and I, and well, a lot of our friends, we're all in that that mom zone. But you're also such a um, badass working mom now too. So when you did leave that radio station right after Daphne was born, you went back onto one of your other degrees, meteorology degree, and you decided to pursue back in television. And now you've been back there two and a
1: half years. Two and a half years. Yeah, that's about. Yeah. Let's see. Cause I, it was June. I just had two years in June. So, and in my mind, it's still March because the pandemic, like time has stood still, but yet it kept on going. So I have to remind myself that it is September or is it? I don't even know. I think-
0: mean, You know what? You just said that in my mind went, is it?
1: But it is. <laughs> I was going to say like, it's August, but no, it's September. In fact, we are just a few days from the start of fall. Like how crazy is that?
0: Nuts. Um, it is absolutely insane, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still confused because I agree with you. I'm like, oh, it's still in the springtime. Oh no, no, no. Like it's full pumpkin season. Get your ghosts out and your pumpkins and start planning the Christmas list. Like that's where all of a sudden my brain is absolutely in denial. Because back in March when the office shut down, I was like, Oh, we'll be back in like two weeks. I Wait, what? <laughs> Now, wait, you've actually been
1: going to work this whole time, haven't you? I have. Yes. Uh, Not all the TV stations in town have, um, but we've been taking like extra precautions. We have an app that we have to check into every morning with like our temperature. Um, And then we also have um, we're all in masks. I mean, it is to the point where like we get written up if someone sees us. Within six feet of another human being without a mask on, it's it's very very strict. And most of the people aren't even allowed in the building. The only people who are allowed in the studio are the people who are on the air at that at that time. Um, some like some of the morning anchors. Like the, when the morning anchor is ready to leave, they call the other, like the other person who's coming in for the afternoon, and they'll say, okay. I'm here in the parking lot, so I'll come in this side of the building. You leave the other side. So they don't even want anyone crossing paths with each other because they can't afford to lose some of their main talents um, because it would just screw everything up. And so thankfully, knock on wood, we are all healthy. No one has gotten um, sick, and hopefully it stays that way. Uh, But we have not had to do anything from at home, although some of the the reporters do stuff at home. But, like, the main anchors, the meteorologists, the traffic reporters – We've all stayed in studio and um, it's it's been a little hectic, but luckily we all love each other like family. And I think that's actually a really a tough part about the whole pandemic is that like, we're all very close. And Sarah, like, you know, you know be, from being with me, like we are close people and you and I love to be in close proximity of other humans. I think it's just in our nature and to not be close to people has really been tough. So, um and that's something that we're not allowed to do at work. Like, you know, when we want to take a picture together, like usually everyone would just like wrap their arms around each other and smile big and because we really do love each other and we have not been able to be within like arms length and it's just weird. It's weird. And it's like if we get too close, it almost feels like there's something wrong. Like, oh gosh, like this is this is, can't 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 be this close. Like this so strange.
0: I mean, one of my favorite pictures of you and I ever. Actually, now that I think about it, I forgot about that brief stint you went to, like left for two years and came back. But I think it was your last day that time. And there's this picture of you and I, we're, like in the DJX studio, and like when you, I say you and I are hugging, I mean like full arms wrapped around each other, cheeks touching, <laughs> like complete, like face-to-face. I mean, you and I used to work out together all the time at work. You remember when we used to do that like every day (laughs) we, so when I say we were close, like literally that close touching all the time, I agree with you. And I think that's probably been one of my saving graces about working from home because you know, like I'm a touchy person Mm -hmm. and we put, you're right. We hug each other or whatever else. And like now I can remember one of the very first times I was out like in May, one of my friends, they were doing, a drive-by birthday party and they put their arms around me. And I remember feeling so uncomfortable. Like, what are you doing? Don't touch me. When in any other time, I would have a hundred percent been the first one to give that person a hug. And it's like, you almost have to ask permission now. And of course you don't want to hug somebody you haven't asked, like,
1: have you been safe? And then it, it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. It. Uh, I want to tell you a quick experience that I had. This was in May. And anyone who has allergies in the Ohio Valley, I'm sure you've had like um, a sinus infection or something of the sorts. I mean, and they're brutal in the Ohio Valley and I had one and I had like at the COVID test and everything completely negative, but I had to wear a mask. I was wearing my mask at work and I like couldn't breathe for some reason. Like I like try to take a deep breath and I couldn't. And all of a sudden, like I started to panic. And if anyone's ever had an anxiety attack, like all of a sudden, like you're, you're you think you're about to die. And I had to run out into the the newsroom and like, ask for assistance and I couldn't even get it out. Like I couldn't get a full breath. I had the mask on, everything started to go dark and I, I thought I was going to faint. And thankfully one their producer like came over and she was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I just can't breathe. And she like, this was like the first time and this was like end of May. So between March and May, like anyone had gotten that close to me. And I just said like, I just need to sit down. I'm going to be okay. And, and she's like, it's okay. And she patted my head and it was the first that anyone had touched me, like aside from like, you know, Adam and the kids in months. And it was the most calming force. Like she just was patting my head and telling me like, it's going to be okay. Just, just breathe. And I was finally able to get a deep breath. And I was like, the darkness are going away. And like, it was like tingling, like from head to toe. And it was just this, the, the calming of her just Patting my head. It was the craziest thing ever. And it's like, oh my gosh, what is this? And it's like, it was the feeling of someone else touching me for the first time in months. And it like made me come out of this like panic attack. And it was the weirdest thing ever. And it's just like crazy, like how our body, like the physiological responses to human touch, like how important it is. And I mean, like, I know, like, I can get a hug from Adam and the kids, like, anytime, but it was just something about, like, being in such a sterile environment for so long, and no one's allowed to come near you, and, like, I thought I was going to die, and, like, just someone just patting my head, just, like, the simple act of, like, someone just touching my hair, and you were always, you always patting my head, too, Sarah, I always liked when you did that, you like <laughs> touched my hair, so I was so going to say,
0: Let's if I worked with you right now, it would be very hard. That sounds weird that it would be very hard for me not to touch you. But like, that's just how you and I were. And it's oh, okay. Yes. And so it's so weird for me because you and I both work full time. But I mean, I haven't been in the studio. Um, I've been in the studio less than 10 times since March. Wow. And you know how much I'm usually there. And it's very weird for me because then I'm not around my coworkers either. So this just is very strange time. And then if I do get to see them, uh, and again, you also know that these people, because I want I start talking really fast mm-hmm. and it seems like I'm like zipping around, but it's all of a sudden like I see them and I just want to say all these things. And I'm like, am I losing my sense of being able to have understand social norms? But it's just, I'm just so excited to see them and talk to them. I run a thousand miles an hour and they're like, what? what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I just want to tell you all these things. And then in my head, I'm like, I just want to grab you and hug you. And, but then I can't. So then, and then we're supposed to wear masks and everything. So then I'm like awkwardly dancing around somewhat near them. And it's just, it's a very, it is a very, very, very weird thing. Cause I've said that to Brian before he'll get home from work. And I'm like, will you please hug me? Because I haven't had physical contact other than the kids all day. And you're right. You do need it.
1: Mm-hmm. Hence the twenty twenty baby boom. <laughs> Just starving physical <laughs> physical activity, touch anything.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Ugh, oh my gosh. All of this literally all this all this conversation makes me want to do is come and hug you. I don't care if I Aww. need to wear full PPE. <laughs>
1: I will I wanna come and hug you. I need you to come and braid my hair. Remember, you would just, you would curl my hair. Oh my gosh, this is the sweetest thing. So, um, and I just have to tell everyone about this. So, I was interning at WHAS when we were a partner with them, a news partner with them. This was back, you know, and I was still working in radio as one of their meteorologists. And there was a couple times where someone would call in at the noon show. And so, um, they had asked, Hey, Mo, can you cross over, like, literally, like, walk? Through the parking lot, across the street, and just fill in for the noon. And I'd be like, that's fine. Well, of course, like I'm wearing like radio gear and I'm not wearing any makeup. My hair isn't done. And so that's when Sarah Jordan comes in with her curling iron and she did my hair. (laughs) You you always did such the best beach waves. You know, I used to carry
0: when I did mornings briefly, but in general, I used to carry around my makeup and a curling iron. And I remember you guys used to laugh at me because I could within the studio without a mirror or anything, curl my hair in under 10 minutes easily. You're so talented and and you got a lot of hair. I mean,
1: that's impressive.
0: I do. Yes. Now my 2020 hair is... um, In a ponytail every single day so my baby doesn't attack it. And I can remember it was like last week I left to go to do something for work. And my son looked at me and I was curling my hair. He goes, huh, you're doing your hair. You haven't done that in a while. You haven't used that thing in a while. I was like, will you stop looking it, at it, I You're right. I haven't used it in a while. And my hair is probably thanking me that it's not getting heat damage. But in the meantime, I'm like, do my hands still remember how to do this? Or when I put on a full face of makeup, I'm like, what is this? As I sit here with my unbrushed ponytail and literally what I slept in that I've been in since last night, I probably shouldn't admit this because it makes me sound like a trash ball.
1: But like, that's where I'm at today. This is is mom life in a pandemic. There is no judgment here.
0: Oh, it's so crazy. Mo, I'm so happy that actually it was yesterday. We were all sitting at the table eating lunch. And I looked over and I was telling my parents, I was like, I'm doing my podcast with Mo tomorrow and I'm really excited just because it's Mo and I can just talk to her and be normal. And not that I'm not normal with others, but like you and I have a, like a close relationship mm-hmm. and you were on the TV. And I remember telling the kids, I was like, that's mommy's friend. And they were like, which one? And I was like, "Her, the doing the weather. That's Mo, that's mommy's friend. That's who I'm talking to tomorrow. And they thought it was really cool that mommy's friend Mo was on there. And my parents, you should know, you are on in the house every single day. Thank so, you. <laughs> We do watch you every single day. You have some super cute dresses. Your hair is on point lately. Not that it's not always, but like ridiculously on point. I use, so, I used
1: your technique. I use your see, technique.
0: I just, I, so while you and I may not talk every day, I definitely know you're always well just through the TV screen, but you're always right there. And I'm so glad that you and I got to work together so long and now we get to still be in sister industries, but you're still one of my favorite people that I've ever met in my adult life. Certainly one of my favorite people to go to a wedding to with. That's for sure. <laughs> and I can't wait until
1: I can hug you and braid your hair. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to because my hair misses misses your, your gentle touches and your braids.
0: This is what we're going to do. We're going to sit together and we're going to drink champagne. Yes and we're going to cuddle on the couch and eat some sort of baked goods. And we're going to sit around and laugh and it's
1: going to be the best day ever. I love it. (laughs) I can't wait for that. I think that's going to be again. Yeah, you're right. The best day ever, man. Do I miss you? (laughs) And you want to know what you say? We, this is, we've done it in the past, but you never know what the future holds. We very well could be working again together someday. And that's what I'm hoping.
0: That's what I'm hoping for too, Mo. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, and
1: thank you for the invite. Please have me back on, please. This has been so much fun.
0: Uh, yeah, you're definitely gonna be back on again. I know you too well, which means I can text you and be like, Hey, Mayday, can you please join me like right now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Please do anytime.